The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. The highest priority in times of crisis is to get our mind above the crisis. The highest thought, God. But somehow we've come to believe that God only has six telephone lines for seven billion people, like he's an old time phone operator. <laughs> what if God's been calling us to a conversation? Author Bob Bodine shares his practice for more than 40 years of setting up two chairs, next on Life Today. Robinson, my wife Betty and I welcome you to life today. I, I want to mention something. This book you can get in the bookstores or online or you can simply help us give someone a cup of water. We'll send it to you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to understand that we face some very serious challenges and we're going to make some very important decisions about leadership in the coming weeks. If you want understanding of the times from a shepherd's point of view, from a father, a grandfather, from someone who wants the best for you and you have understanding of what that looks like from a biblical perspective and what freedom stands on, get the stream, meditate and pray, and let's ask God for a miracle. Do you all agree in this studio that America needs a supernatural awakening, another spiritual awakening? That's our hope. Our hope is not a party and not a personality. There are planks in platforms that represent oftentimes the principles upon which certain people are going to hold up. You better look at them. All right, let's understand them. Because the foundation freedom rests upon, stands on, must be sound, and it must be biblically in line. Simple truth. Bob Bodine is here. He wrote a book, The Power of Who?, we had him here when that book was so popular, powerful. Now he's got a book. This is an unusual title. Wouldn't you say, Betty, Two Chairs? Yeah. <laughs> Two Chairs, The Secret That Changes Everything. This is one of the most gifted communicators. Jack Graham, Pastor Prestonwood, tells me that this is probably one of the greatest motivators of men and people he has ever met in his life. Well, let's welcome Bob Bodine <laughs> back to life today. Bob, good to see you. Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to just take us from the power of who to this two chairs because this has to be, you know, has to arouse people's curiosity. Oh, absolutely. So when I uh, wrote the, the power of who, I would have called it the power of friendship, but we have 5,000 people on Facebook now that are best friends. <laughs> it's become totally disingenuous. And so I changed the word friend to your who, the people who matter most. God gave us specific people. And what if those people weren't just given to us by happenstance acquaintances, you know, along the way? What if they were strategically given to you to help you find that place in life that God wanted you to be? What if we're like missing destiny? What if finding our next job, helping our mom get into a hospital isn't about who we don't know, but whom we've neglected, our friends? Hmm. It's interesting. And when I, when I was doing, and as an executive recruiter, 
People are looking for goals and dreams and jobs, and the mechanism that they did for the power who was trying to do that through something called networking. That's not working. <laughs> what is networking? It's faceless websites, handing out business cards to strangers, sending in dear recruiter letters. I get 52,000 dear recruiter letters a year for people sending in. That's an oxymoron, isn't it? Mm -hmm. so, so the concept of friendship is an epidemic problem. Men over the age of 35 stop adding friends. Women, they get this friendship thing. Men are disasters. <laughs> Men over 60 give up their old friends. So we've now come to this concept that we call people friends that are friendly. And so when trouble comes into our lives, right? And of course that takes us into now this next book. It's, it's trouble that, that we can't solve ourselves. So what do we do in those times? We get a bad prognosis, um, a marriage that goes awry. Um, kids, drugs, trouble. We found out that we can't solve that. You know, when I was a junior in college, my, I went to my mom. She was my spiritual go-to. Moms are amazing. Um, and back then, moms had taken kind of the spiritual lead around the country. And so I said to her, Mom, how am I going to find a mate? How am I going to find my job? How am I going to, what am I going to do in times of trouble? And she goes, those are really good questions, Bob. I don't have the answer, but I know who does. I'm gonna ask you three simple questions. They're simple in the way that um, you can't believe you didn't ask them yourself, but they're disruptive in the fact that you, it immediately showcases our limitations. And I said, what are those questions? She says, Bob, does, does God know your situation? Um, well, yeah, and well, she said, not only does he know, but he wants you to know he knows. The highest priority in times of crisis is to get our mind above the crisis. The highest thought, God. But somehow we've come to believe that God only has six telephone lines for seven billion people, like he's an old-time <laughs> phone operator. Or that he only works on ISIS, heart attacks, and natural disasters. And I'm not a really good person. Why would he talk to me? She said, okay, question number two. Are you ready? And I said, yeah. She says, is this too hard for him to handle? I almost wanted to say too hard for who, but she caught me and I said, of course not, it's not too hard for God. And she goes, yeah, but it's too hard for you. She said, does he have a good plan for you? I said, yes. And she goes, what is it? Oh yeah, I don't know. We all don't know, do we? She says, two chairs. And see, that's the beginning of this book. What if we set up tomorrow morning two chairs, one for God, one, one for you? Don't sit in his chair. What if we could take the presence of God and come to our house? In Numbers eleven seventeen, God said that I will come down and speak with you. It says in Proverbs 1, 23, my gosh, if you'd have heard my rebuke, I would have shared all my thoughts. I would have given you my counsel. I would have given you all the spirit to be able to do this. Mm. But what's happened today is that our mechanism, just like it was networking, our mechanism a little bit has become prayer. And my mom, I said, she said, it's great. I want you to do it more. But what did God say? Huh. What if we actually spent one minute talking and forming 
and four minutes actually listening. And that, of course, changes everything, James. I mean, today we, we do devotionals. They're fantastic, but we're kind of vicariously living through someone else talking to God. Fantastic people like Sarah Young, who I like to prime my pump, or Francis Roberts if we go back, or, or, or you know, Oswald Chambers. But what did God say to you? What if God's been calling us to a conversation? What if we'd meet him every day in the morning? What if we'd be still and know that he's God? You're actually suggesting that a person not only imagine the two chairs, but the reality that somebody is there with you, ready to download his wisdom and his heart if we're ready to hear. Do you actually suggest somebody put a chair or is this just something they go through or do you think it's actually good to find a place that you could actually put two chairs and go ahead and kind of set it up for yeah. kind of a prayer So, so I actually believe this is an actual two chairs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually talking out loud to God. Now we hear the enemy speaking, right? Sure. He speaks to us all the time. Now if your mate you know, calls you on the phone and says, hey, hon, how are you? You don't say, who is this, do you? <laughs> you know their voice. God promised mm -hmm. that my sheep know my voice. Absolutely. Now, there's no confusion here. I told this the other day to a, to, a, to a, you know, a school and all the coaches, and one of the coaches came to me and they said, as soon as you said this, my mind was shotgunning. I have the spot in my house. It's a spot. It's perfect. I never go there. I don't think anyone in the country goes there. It's called the living room. <laughs> I have, I go to my kitchen, I go to my family room, I go to my bedroom. But this will now become a living room. My mom good. Was, was, was right. What if, can God not sit across from you in the chair? I mean, yes, he's going to go with us, but if God said that, that we were supposed to renew our minds daily, then we're only supposed to do it on Sunday and at, on Easter? No. no, daily. If God said, ask, seek, and knock, and that's an active term, asking, keep asking, knocking, talking to him, conversing, he's got things to say. If he said that, would he not talk back? <laughs> if he said that he wanted you to seek him first, you know, are you telling me seriously that we're going to seek him seventh? If I could get Warren Buffett, who's the greatest investment advisor, billionaire, I could get him come to your house every single day for the next 30 days, okay? Wouldn't that be great? Would you talk the whole time? No, you'd listen. We're talking about God, the creator of the world, the manufacturer of you. He's got some things to say, but he needs to make this exchange he wants your trouble. When I first came in the very first time, James, I, uh, I set up my two chairs the night before. I, I said how much I was going to look forward to, to, to seeing him. And I got up at five. And as I turned the corner in my room, I, I felt him. You will too. And as I came in, he spoke, I'm so glad to see you. I've been waiting. Sit down. Let's talk. The God of the universe, he loves you. He needs to tell you some things. He's got some specific things that he's going to do. In this book, I'm going to try to show you seven steps in what? In times of trouble, 
we're all in trouble. If you're not in trouble, you will be in trouble. <laughs> if you're not in trouble, you're, you're, your wife is, your husband, your kids. What do we do? This could be the greatest, simplest way to witness to people who are, who are non-believers. What? Does God know? Does it, is this too hard? Does he have a good plan? What is it? I don't know. Two chairs. <laughs> Betty, when you hear him talk, because he talks to business executives and coaches and so forth as a homemaker, what do you hear? Well, I, I mean, I agree with everything you're saying because I've been, I've been there myself when there's times when my heart is hurting so bad and you don't even have words to speak to, to God even. And that moment when you're alone, some of the most precious intimate times is when I sit and like you said, I listen. Right. Because I can feel his presence there. And I can know that I'm not going to get condemnation. I'm going to get love. And I'm going to get someone that really has got their arms wrapped around me. And that says, you don't have to speak a word because I know your heart. And it, and it really is amazing how, what kind of relationship you can have with God. If you'll just sit still, like you said, be still. And we're such a busy society today, you know? We're so busy. If we're even sitting, we've got our technology in our hand. We've right. got our phones going or we're texting someone. Sometimes I'll tell my children, I love to get a text from you, but I just need to hear your voice sometime. Yeah. And I feel like God's saying, I want to hear your voice talk to me and tell, tell me how much you love you. And then I want to tell you how much I love you. Yeah. He's not mad at you. <laughs> He's not mad. He made you. He makes no mistakes. There's not an A plan and then you make it and you're in the consolation round. It's A detour, A detour, A. Why? Our steps are ordered. God has his hand on you. He's not letting you go. He's not letting your daughter go. He's not letting your son go. But he needs to talk to you. Because in this world you will have trouble. John 16, 33. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. He gave you inside information. But today, how would I act on that information? Because sometimes it just feels like it's so far out there. I don't know when that's going to come. Yeah, I know. Two chairs. Let's talk today. He Let him tell you. He gives us peace in the storm. He can calm the water and uh, peace in the valley. As Betty was talking a while ago, and of course, knowing when you've lost a daughter, which we have, and those tears come. You think about it in heaven, he wipes away all tears. And I couldn't help but think how many times I've walked in early in the morning. I mean, Betty's sitting on the end of a, a sofa, but she's got a love seat here, so I'm going to assume that's God's chair. Gave him a big chair, big God. And, and, but you're sitting there, and I really feel like that, that many times when Betty's there, God's wiping away her tears now. And he's letting her see the joy of our daughter in the presence of the Lord. Jack Hayford saw her going to heaven in a vision, which was one of the most miraculous things Jack said he ever saw. He could not hardly fathom how he saw it so clearly. But, but she was walking into, into heaven and there was the word of God over. And I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Hmm. And then as an evangelist, which just really moved me, Jack said, as far as I could see beyond Robin, where there was the road going in, I could see people walking in into the house of the Lord 
for all eternity and the evangelist heart cried out, God, I don't want anybody to miss this. And I know our little Robin is saying, don't miss this. And I know she'd be saying, Daddy, tell them don't miss this. It's too good. I'll turn to Callie at our Robin's oldest uh, son's wedding shower. Uh, be getting married here. And uh, so excited, I turned to Callie. Looked so much like our Robin. And I said, Callie, you know how much mom would just love to be sitting here and how much she's looking forward to all this. And Callie said, she's watching, Papa. <laughs> yeah. She's watching. Absolutely. And she's rejoicing. I think it's, I think that what I hear you saying, Bob, is we'll just put that chair and let God be there, the, his presence, his manifest presence. We can meet every day. I think that's just one of the most exciting invitations that we have is to come and, and sit in his presence. I, I spent so much time praying alone when I'd been called to preach before I'd preached, just talking to God. I would run out into the piney woods of East Texas and I'd run to a little clearing. There was a stump and I would sit on it and I would go there every day. I'd after class, I'd just run like a little kid going to some exciting event. And I remember running into that little clearing one day and as I approached that, that stump, I felt like the Lord said, I knew you was coming. I knew you were coming. Not many come, but I knew you were coming because I know you know how much you need me and I know you love me and you wanted to tell me. And I'm telling you, it's one of the most powerful experiences of my life and, and really in my journey as a minister, it was calling me back to that place that really changed my life in so many ways. And the thing is that what you're talking about here and the two chairs is just a beautiful symbol of, of reality that if people would just really come and dine the master's calling, come on into my presence. I've got a table set before you in the presence of all these enemies and accusers. It doesn't matter. I've overcome the world. You don't have to be overcome by the world. And I think you're just really encouraging people to do that. And the book is going to be a blessing. And Bob, I really want to thank you for the way you inspire men, the way you inspire leaders, business leaders, coaches, the way you touch uh, college leaders. And just want to say to all of you that that this invitation is not Bob's invitation. He's suggesting that you do this because it's God's invitation for you to come and do it. Would you like to just tell Bob thanks for what he has written and what he's sharing? And let him know we really do appreciate you. Bob, we're, we're doing something right now that is, there's, we do many things exciting because we do the works of the Lord. We, we, we're his hands as his body. And we try to reach out with hands of love and put arms of love around a suffering world. When Jesus said, you give a cup of water in my name, you won't lose your reward. That just goes to show how big it is just to do something that seems so small and yet it's so significant. We've been drilling water wells for years. Bob, we will drill our 5,000th water well this year. 5,000 wells because of people like you, people like you. To God be the glory. I want you to listen to a testimony on the mission field. And then here during the last week, and we really need a miracle response. You know, Betty, we've got to buy another drilling rig. The missionaries broke our heart when they told us the rig, this one can't be repaired anymore. It's worn out. Drilling wells, it's worn out. 
and it's $380,000 to get another one. Just pray, because this is our last week. God, I'm praying for a miracle. I mean, there could be people who would give several thousand dollars toward that, maybe, maybe a very large gift, but we need that rig. And Lord, I pray you provide it. And I want to say to all of you, as you watch this, you say, God, what do you want me to do toward giving a cup of water or giving a well? Watch closely. This is absolutely um, horrible um, to think that this is his only source of water. Um, I watched child after child come in this little pool of water and dip their precious little cup and drink this water. It's horrific. My heart aches to know that they struggle every single day to survive, but they have nothing else that they can do. This is it. This is their only source of water. So if they don't even dip in to take a drink of this, they won't survive. This water brings death but we are on a mission to bring life and not just a quick fix, but something that will change this community for generations to come. We can change this for them. We could come in here with a drill. We could drill them a water well. Won't you partner with Life Outreach today? Together, I believe that we can make a huge impact into this community. Together, we can make the difference. Tammy, I want to thank you. I want to thank Billy Graham's daughter, Ruth, named after Billy's wife. I want to thank you, Beth Moore. Uh, thank you, Kathy Tricoli. Uh, thank you, Sheila Walsh. Thank you, Betty, for so many times going all over the world to show viewers of life today where the need is just indescribable. When you saw that pig walk down there and that water those little children are drinking trying to stay alive, and they're getting ill, Betty, with contamination and bacteria that causes them to have a painful death. And we really have the perfect solution. And we're asking you to give it. It's, it's not just a cup of water, but a well of water. Now, please listen closely because this is the last week. And Betty, I know you're in agreement with me. I know you've been praying with me and you know we, we give a well. And uh, because we ask God to let us give a well every time the call is there and God has heard our cry and we do it so there are couples and individuals uh, that can give a, a well. The average is $4,800, that's what they cost. Well, we're praying for that kind of miracle, but we also have another tremendous need in order to drill the 500 wells for this year, putting us past the 5,000 wells drilled. We're gonna have to have a new drilling rig and that's a $380,000 immediate need because we've got to put it to work. So we really need everyone watching during this last week now for this, this emphasis. We need to hear from you. Some of you may have already made a gift even during this emphasis, but I'm asking you this week, we, we just need to hear from everyone that has a heart to give and to share life. So what we're asking you to do is to reach out and touch someone with love by going to Life Today, go to the website, there you see it is on, the, on your screen, and you can call that number if you like to. But take your bank card either online, 
lifetoday.org, or dial the number, take the bank card, use it like a check, and make the best gift you can. If you can give a well, or you could give $1,000, let's say, and be one of 380 people who might do that, whatever you can do, do it. But also remember this, the majority of the gifts come from $48, which gives 10 people water the rest of their life. Whatever you can do, we're asking you to make the gift. We have some gifts for you. The book I mentioned earlier, The Stream, which will give you understanding of the times and praying in these critical times. Please, right now, go online or dial the number, take your bank card, and make the gift that God put on your heart right now. Father, I pray every person watching, everyone watching, will simply do what you're leading them to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Please, make the gift God put on your heart. Thank you for doing it. Every day, children are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink polluted water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most proven demonstrations of God's love today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, you can help drill 500 water wells in remote villages in over 15 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10. And $144 will help provide fresh water for 30 people for a lifetime. Additionally, just over $378,000 is needed to replace an old and failing drilling rig in Africa. Please consider an additional gift of $100 or more to get a desperately needed new rig in place as soon as possible. With your gift, we'll send you The Stream, a powerful new book by James Robison that charts a clear path for your personal revival and a spiritual revolution. With your gift of $100 or more, please request The Promises of God coffee mugs. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well. And you may request our Majesty Bronze Sculpture. This is the last week. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. Well, Betty and I say thank you for your gift, and I remind you again, this is the last week. We do need to hear from you, and thank you, some of you stepping up and saying, James, we'll make a second gift. We are sending the book. I mentioned the, the stream and the beautiful coffee mugs and, of course, the beautiful bronze if you'd like to have it. If you would like to have Bob's book, The Two Chairs, the secret that changes everything. That's that intimate fellowship with God. I would be happy to send it to you. It's in the bookstores. I hope you'll encourage your friends to get it, but you help us give a drink of water to someone and you'd like us to send it to you, we'd be more than happy to do it. Uh, Bob, we appreciate you being here. Would you express your thanks to Bob Bodine for the blessing he is. I appreciate you very much. Thank all of you so much for watching. Thank you for sharing life today, helping us give water. Thank you so much.
Christians are sicker than non-Christians. And, and I can't fathom that. The spiritual impact of diet and exercise next week. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.